Hello and welcome to the 10-Minute Massage Podcast. My name is Troy Levine. When I was in massage school, I wasn't really taught very much about the skin. And I don't, I don't think a lot of institutions or schools do teach a lot about the skin in manual therapy. Um, we, we talk a little bit about the chemistry of it. We talk a little bit about the makeup of the epidermis and the dermis and the reticular layer and collagen and things like that. But, but the relationship between the skin and uh, treatment is, really, is rarely focused on. And I think that's unfortunate. I also think it's a little asinine uh, and, and almost uh, backwards uh, on, on therapists' part to ignore the skin or not think of it as part of our treatment. Um, Paul Ingram once wrote me a really wonderful message where I was talking to him about the sensory system and its relationship to muscles and, and touch in the brain. And he said, you know, imagine... Um, if we had a steak and you were to wrap it in saran wrap, if you were to apply pressure to the saran wrap, you would be affecting the steak underneath it. Um, and as long as the saran wrap doesn't break, you would be changing its shape and form. But if you let it sit long enough, that steak is going to take its old form back again. And the saran wrap will just be a layer around it. Well, if we think of fascia or skin, and for me, it's really the idea that skin uh, of that layer as, is, as that layer of saran wrap, it's important to remember that as therapists, we never touch muscle. Um, the way therapists talk about manual therapy, I often get the impression from other therapists and students that I speak to that, that they describe that they're touching a muscle. And, and it's important to remember that we're not penetrating the skin very few therapies do. Yes, ultrasound does and needling does, but very few therapies penetrate the skin. Almost all manual therapy, especially hands-on therapy and most tool therapy, is done at the layer of the skin and nothing else. Yes, we are applying pressure as that image of the saran wrap, but we're still only touching skin. And most of the sensory input that is occurring in the brain and most of the positive or negative um, feelings that a patient experiences from tactile stimulus come through the skin. And so as therapists, ignoring the skin and not using it as one of our um, potential organs for treatment, it, it's almost like missing the ball. There's so much value uh, in, in evaluating the skin from looking to whether the skin is dry or red or veiny, whether there's an underlying condition. I'm not saying we know what the underlying condition is, um, but I am saying that if we evaluate the skin, we can potentially highlight certain concerns. Something that often comes to mind is a really old arthritic knee where the skin is almost reflective and, and glassy in its, in its look, where it's red. Um, you know, it doesn't necessarily mean that treatment's going to help that. That's not what I'm saying. But it means when we look at that type of skin, you can see there's an underlying concern and, and there's likely discomfort with it. Um, and so it's one of those things that the skin is often ignored, which is it's something in the way to get to the treatment. When in reality, the skin is where the majority of our tactile sensory system exists. And it's, it's where we are creating possibly most of our most significant changes. 
Another thing to think of with that is when we're dealing with touch, you know, I, when, I, when I approach my clients and I approach treatment, I often think of some of Tiffany Fields' research where she talks about moderate touch and moderate pressure being one of the ones that has shown to have some of the most positive uh, effects and well-being on, on clients. And when I think about what moderate pressure is and moderate touch, it's difficult to judge. They don't put a scale in those papers, and that's unfortunate. And so the way I often use it with a scale, and there are some measures that you can find where we find out what level of touch is needed to penetrate to certain depths in the body. Like we know, for example, that 3 to 10 grams of pressure is sufficient to affect the epidermis, and dermis, and that up to 120 grams we've seen begins to uh, affect uh, pressure on the subcutaneous fascia or superficial fascia. And then we've seen that up to 450 grams can begin to affect articulations and joints and things like that. Um, and so when we look at what moderate pressure might be, the way I try to describe it to most of my patients, uh, or sorry, most of my students is confident touch. You're, you're placing your hand on the body with confidence not aggression, you're not going in super deep, not super light, you're not a creeper, you're just a confident touch. And that confident touch, when you, when you touch the skin, it really gives the sensation of, of ease and relaxation to most clients. And, and there's a lot of benefit to that. And again, though, that confident touch comes from the skin. You are touching the skin. And that's really where your patient and your client are beginning to feel a sense of, of comfort. And so I think, uh, Ignoring the skin is often something that therapists are guilty of doing, and it, it we should probably change it. We should begin thinking of it as, it, it doesn't mean that you're not going to apply pressure. It doesn't mean that you're not doing the work you're currently doing. It means that you're approaching it slightly differently, and that will actually modify the speed of a stroke. It will modify the depth. It will modify how you offer treatment when you approach it from a different angle and, and thinking of the skin as, as um, the largest sensory organ and as the organ where maybe that's where we're trying to affect a positive change with our clientele. So it, it's often something that is overlooked and I think it's something that we need to begin delving into a little bit more with research. And uh, I, I try to teach a lot of that in the sensory approach to manual therapy because it's, it's something that uh, has a lot of value. One of the things we look at is we, we get out an electronic scale in class and then we begin palpating the electronic scale and we try to stay within zero to three grams of pressure, zero to 10 grams, zero to 25, zero to 120, and then up to 450. And it's very difficult to do. I've been, I've been practicing this for about 10 years now and it's still very difficult to do. And yet it only enhances my ability to, to touch a client with confidence and a sense of, of uh, almost uh, of, uh, ease where they feel more at ease more quickly with my touch. Um, so it's something that I recommend practicing and it's something I do in my classes with my students. And the other thing to think about with skin is there's a, there was a, a friend of mine or someone I met who... Um, in at one of our national or sorry one of the international kinesotaping conventions in uh, Dusseldorf back in 2013 um and he's a is a Swiss guy who talked he had an interesting theory uh, called the water balloon approach to the body and and it's just a theory but essentially what he was saying was that 
Imagine the skin of the body as the water balloon and the interior structures as the water. And when you squeeze a water balloon, one side becomes very uh, compressed and the other side becomes very distended. Now that's an extreme example, but if you think of crosshatch syndrome, if you think of somebody hunched over, if you think of somebody who's injured themselves and there's inflammation taking place, uh, like in an ACL injury or something like that, or a sprained ankle, when we think about this inflammation on the interior of the body with an acute injury, or we think about tension in the body that exists with chronic injuries, looking at what skin is compressed on one side and is the skin distended, and is that where they're getting their symptoms of discomfort? And again, it's, it's purely theory, um, but it is an interesting thing to start thinking about exploring is, is the skin the reason for that discomfort and the upper back tension doesn't necessarily come from muscle tension um, does it come from fascial distortion um, do those things even exist or is it really just in the skin um, again theories only but interesting theories that should make therapists question what they do it should definitely make us question our palpation skills and our pressure and it should make us practice those palpation skills and pressure and I think that's something that most therapists rarely do is uh, they, they go to take continuing education courses and they'll learn about new science and they'll learn about new techniques, but we rarely go back to our basics of uh, basic palpation skills. And uh, I, think, I think it's something that we should, we should reevaluate. So I hope you enjoy and uh, just think about the skin a little bit more. And I would love to hear your theories about skin and I'd love to hear more about what you guys think it, it can and cannot do and how it affects positive or negative change, whether it's really the culprit behind some of these tensions that we describe as chronic pains, whether or not it's effective as a, as a treatment organ, whether it's something that we should just completely be ignoring, whether we're off the mark thinking that the skin might be something to, uh, to integrate into treatments. Thanks. Prevented from working at all.